Blitz is defined as a sudden savage attack. It is indeed all this. The effect is sure. The premise is simple. It's a basic primal confrontation, man to man. No excuses are offered. None accepted. Welcome to the latest edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Looks like a radio station. Now, here are your hosts, Lifetime Longhorn Rod Babers. Pure athlete, yeah. I transcend race, hombre. Matt Butler. I don't talk <laughs> man. I back it up. And we are chock full of that, man. All right. And Jeff Howe. It's still real to me, damn it. <laughs> and that's the bottom line. Stone Cold said so. If you're gonna blitz... Come strong, but don't come at all. Coming strong with a spring break edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns27.com. I am Jeff Howell. Let me bring in the rest of the team. He is the master of the soundboard, the drop machine extraordinaire, Matt Butler. Matt, how are you, sir? Doing pretty well. How about yourself? You no, know, Matt, uh, we're adults now. We don't really get spring break, but we'll have to call it spring break since uh, the Longhorns are Very true. We do break. cover college, so we are, we stay aligned with those school schedules. My wife's a teacher, so she does actually have a job where she gets spring break. So. Makes sense. Yeah. That, nice. that and the spring practice schedule is the only way I would even know it. It's a beautiful thing. Being grown and getting a Spring break, spring break, pretty cool. But then I see the stuff okay. she has to deal with. You yeah, know, it's tough for the that that time during <laughs> the school day, especially when you get in that administrative role. Yeah, yeah. Administrating <laughs> middle schoolers, yeah, that yeah. would be a little more money, more problems. You definitely, uh, well, just, let's just say more problems. How about that? <laughs> Some money, more problems. <laughs> there you go, more that, responsibility. Uh, a man who knows all about more money, more problems. Uh, he is a Renaissance man, not just here on the Blitz, but at the Austin Radio Network and on the Horn, where you can hear him each and every weekday on the Rodcast from one to three. Lifetime Longhorn, two thousand two UT All American, two thousand two semifinalist for Jim Thorpe Award, fourth round draft choice of the New York Giants. He spent his NFL career with the Giants, Lions. Bears, Bucks, Broncos, and a year with the Hamilton Tiger Cats of the CFL. When he was done with football, got himself back to Austin, Texas in the 40 Acres, where he earned his degree whenever he gets that T-ring in. He will wear it proud. Nevertheless, he is a card-carrying member, a black card member of DBU. Yeah. Number 21 in your program, but number one in your hearts, Mr. Rod Baber. And uh, speaking <laughs> of PBUs, Rod, let's go ahead and uh, look. I want to look at NFL free agency real quick. And man, DBU is alive and well, because if you look at the yeah. re-signings, this offseason. Let's throw in the extension Quandre Diggs got in September, which mm-hmm. he was, I think, going to come free or I think might have been restricted. Uh, he went ahead and re-upped with the yeah, Lions they wanted in to September. Get that quickly. Uh, Matt Ad- Patricia really liked Quandre. Adrian Phillips cool. re-ups with the Chargers. Earl Thomas signs a huge deal with Ravens. Kenny Vaccaro re-ups, gets him a nice little payday, $26 million, 11 and a half guarantee. He said he was surprised by it, by the way. He said he was expecting a one-year deal for about $12 million, and then he said his Ravens came in, and he, he admitted it like like that was a holy Chicago move. Like what? Well, I didn't expect that. And see what's funny about that is it, what was perceived during the time whenever he signed the one year deal was almost that he was betting on himself, knowing that you had some uh, year coming up where you could go and if put your t- put a good piece of year season out on tape, the one year be able to make deal, big yeah. money. Yeah. So Kenny Vaccaro turns a one year prove it deal into a multi year deal at the times. But Rob, the point is, if you look at those four contracts, and I know like guaranteed money and total money, nobody ever sees the total money on an NFL contract. Yeah, but if you look at unless you're Mike. Trout. If you look at the total, <laughs> which yeah, I yeah. just saw that come down. All 83 yeah. players in baseball yeah. that are paid at, more than Aaron Rodgers. You look yeah. at those four deals, Rod, for Texas DBs for DBU members, and the total value of those contracts could be up worth $120 million. That's yeah. awesome. DBU is alive and well, man. No, it's, uh, well, I think and it's a, a lot at play there for everybody make their money different ways, though, because you know, Earl Thomas's money, Earl Thomas is different from a Kenny Vaccaro and different from a Quandre, he makes his money as the biggest difference maker arguably in the NFL as a defender right. on the back end. A guy that can just change the game and even win a game for you because of his instincts. He's a ball hawk. He's truly a kind of a five-tool safety. And we'll see how the Ravens utilize him, but I assume they're going to use him just like the Seahawks did. But they could use him differently. The, the way Ravens, they used Eric Weddle this year. Yeah, the Ravens secondary is going to be really good, by the way. I mean, they got Jimmy Smith mm-hmm. on one corner. I think they got Marlon Humphrey on the other. Tavon Young, good, good nickel slot corner. And they also got Tony Jefferson, I yes. believe, is their other safety that's going to be teamed up with him. So that's why he made his money. And that, he's a he's a walking Hall of Famer, so you know that's why he makes his money. And at 30 years old, which he'll be when the season starts, go look at all the great safeties, some of whom have played with the Ravens. You've the done Rod, the, I like you've done the yeah, research on this. The Rod Woodsons and you know Eric, even Eric Weddle is another yeah. great example. All right, Ed Reed, after 30 years old, if you got a Hall of Fame safety, you know he's a Hall of Fame safety, most of those guys have great careers, three to four 
really good years, prime years, even after they turn 30. So he's going to be really good. And I, I wish the Cowboys could have got him in. They basically, they don't know what team offered him one year, 12 million. Because hmm. some team offered him one year, 12 million. He thought that was his best deal. But then the Ravens obviously made a bigger offer, more guaranteed money, longer years. I hope, I pray that it was the Cowboys. Hmm. I think it was the Brown. It was going to be the Brown. I think I'm it was like, the Brown. I'm like, man, one year. Because the Cowboys could have swung that. They could have yeah. swung a one year, $12 million rental pretty much for him. But yeah, I mean, anything else would have been really tough for them to do. As a Cowboys fan, but the, uh, everything I read was Jerry Jones had his number. Or they had, like, had his dead. number. They were locked in at And something. unless they were going to meet in the middle somewhere, that just, just wasn't going to happen. happen. Um, but Kenny Vaccaro, he makes his money differently. And we you always talk about that Tavon Austin game, speaking of right. the Cowboys, mm-hmm. uh, where Texas plays West Virginia and he spin Kenny Vaccaro down as the nickel and he gets to play man-to-man on the most versatile player arguably in college football at mm-hmm. the time. And that's all NFL scouts need to see about his versatility. So I think he, that's why he makes the makes a lot of money and that's why his value is increasing because I think that's where the game is going. It's kind of where Kenny Vaccaro's game is. Mm-hmm. He's a 5-2 safety, no doubt. You can play him in the box, you can play man-to-man, he can play zone. Uh, you can back him up as a middle field safety or back in the two deep. And then you have Adrian can, Phillips. Can I, real quick before you get to Adrian Phillips, can I read you this interesting Kenny Vaccaro stat? This is coming yeah. from uh, Alan Bell, who's our uh, NFL managing editor at 24-7 Sports. Uh, these are players with eight sa- eight plus sacks and eight interceptions in the last five years in the I NFL. Like There's yeah. only four guys that Ooh. have done it. Oh, hold on. I got I to write this stat down. I'm a DB. I got to have. This is good. Okay, so go. this is play NFL defenders in the last five years with eight plus sacks and at least eight interceptions. Harrison Smith, Luke Keekley, <laughs> CJ Mosley, Kenny Vaccaro. <laughs> So two linebackers, so when you talk about versatility, the best yeah. safety. Yeah. That says it right He's there. basically Honey Badger light for you. Yeah, you but know what bigger. I mean? uh, he's bigger and a little bit more physical, you know what I mean? But in terms of what he can do for you and the outer ways you can utilize him, totally agree. I remember now, when he exploded onto the radar was when he was covering Keenan Allen in the slot the year before the Tavon Austin game. But, like, it's something that he's had that skill set that ever since. He doesn't panic. I mean, think about right now the slot position, the slot wide receiver position is increasing in value on the field at every level of football, even here with the Longhorns, right? After the little Jordan Humphrey thing, they want Brew McCoy to settle in there. They'd like Jake Smith to settle in there. I mean, you want prime talent there. It's just easier to create separation in that position. At the NFL level, a little bit different. What the NFL has decided to do with the slot is, all right, yeah, we'll we'll put our primary receiver in there every now and then to get a matchup, but whoever our uh, that receiver is who's really savvy, who has a great chemistry and connection with our quarterback, we'll put him in the slot and we'll give him a two-way go and he can keep create you know separation easier and be able to manipulate space that's why julian edelman not the best athlete at the wide receiver position for the for the patriots but nope. he's perfect for that slot role same thing with a cole beasley same thing with a cooper cup you know what i mean same thing i mean it goes i mean that you can go down the line for that even little jordan humphrey for the uh, what we're finding out not a great athlete necessarily right. <laughs> not no. a freakish athlete but it makes but total really sense football this chemistry put in the slot right there and the main thing that it can manipulate is when the defense wins because right now you're trying to get a pass rush and we've already seen you know, just like the idea that you have QB and a shotgun to extend the run game with these screens, but whenever you still have to go and execute and say they the defense wins, gets to your quarterback before expected, it's best to have that player with the best chemistry be the closest to the quarterback because within those first two seconds, you can still beat it. Even if the defense beats you, you can beat that defense because you have that best receiver or best receiver connection closest to the quarterback, makes it more comfortable to be able to be reliable to throw the ball to that spot that it's supposed to be even though I'm in the chaos or under duress. And I will say even to that point, I think the receivers in the slot now, I don't even, sometimes they're not even running routes, man. Yeah. They're just looking. It, it really is kind of a get open <laughs> philosophy, especially with like Julian Edelman and when they get really good, I mean Julian Edelman and Tom Brady probably have it the best way. Head on the swivel. Edelman's just getting open. He's not really even So we've gone beyond route. option routes to just, just settling just finding in where the, there's space. It's find like, the seam in the zone. I mean, yeah, it's what Shipley did in 08. Cole Beasley did it really well. Well, with yeah. uh, with Dak Prescott, Shipley and Colt did it so Shipley great over the Colt middle of the field. Really they were well. one of the first um, ones to ever so do it. So then that goes to Quandre Diggs. So Quandre Diggs is a guy we all know naturally a corner. Oh, not naturally. He's a, naturally, he's a football player. Yeah. <laughs> all right. We decided to put him at corner here at Texas, and he also was able to play the nickel here at Texas. But don't forget, Coach Aquino always said, "I was thinking about putting Quandre at safety if we need him to play safety. Mm-hmm. All right. If we needed him to do that, we could do that. So what you have with Quandre in uh, Detroit is they list him as a, a 
safety. Mm-hmm. But he just comes down and see, he's basically a, their nickel and their dime back. Mm-hmm. Because Matt Patricia likes to play a lot of sub packages, nickel and dime packages. So he loves Quandre in there because Quandre is listed as one of their starting safeties. But hell, if I need Quandre to spin down and be my nickel or my dime, or if mm-hmm. I need to play 40 personnel and I need my safeties to go down and cover the slot, he can do that. It's and like, tra- uh, which is kind of weird for a guy his size, he likes to hit. Hmm. And he's good at it. Yeah. I, that's the, the his freakish thing about him is not the fact that he can cover because he's a really good football player and he's got really good hips and he's got really good explosion coming out of his brakes. I, you know, straight ahead speed, not necessarily great, but he reminds me of Dre Bly. He's got great football instincts and he's good at angles so he can cut off receivers and he knows how to utilize his body. But the, the thing that makes him special is a guy that size is not supposed to be able to hit that hard. It doesn't yeah. make sense. <laughs> and I mean, it's a bumblebee with the wings that small and a body that large. Big not head. to be able to fly. Like, he's not supposed to be able to hit that hard, but he can. Right. And I think that's why he's like, oh, I can put him at safety because he'll mm-hmm. come down and I'll put I'll put him in the alley and I'll he'll fill the alley. He's that physicality guy. I mean, yeah, you're Quinn Jammer's yeah. little brother. It's just something that's it's that right? unique. Try aspect. to exploit that against uh, uh against uh Quandre, which some teams have. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, that's a mistake. Well, that some... dude would love to come down and fill the alley or play cover two corner if you want to get physical. So that's what makes that's what said this is more. Adrian Phillips. Only thing I'll say about him is long time ago, and I told you guys this when I was talking to Coach Akita, yeah. he said he's the only guy that I've ever coached up until the point he was at Texas. Maybe he's at Stanford. He told me Justin Reed at Stanford actually was in the same mode too, starting right now for the Texans. He said he's the only guy that's played all positions in the secondary. I put him at every position in the secondary and he played it. And that's why as an undrafted free agent, he made his bread and butter as a special teams guy. But at the NFL level, Adrian Phillips can play and because he, he's so versatile and his football IQ is through yeah. the roof because he can pick up almost any concept instantaneously and be able to execute on the field. That's why that guy makes a roster. May not get drafted because the specs don't match up. You know what I mean? The measurables don't necessarily make him an uh, NFL star, but you put him on a football field on the roster and he just translates to the football field. Yeah, and you combine the fact that where they're at in their careers, like you talked about Earl being maybe his last big contract type career, but yeah. with the way that football is going and the way that we've seen, because you already explained how the safety superstar can be one that is still in his prime later, but now with the new rule changes the less physical nature of being a defensive back, the same way that longer. quarterbacks, you may be able to play longer, and that's why it's so big for these other guys to get that first big contract because Adrian Phillips and Quandre, it's good to have that first few years, but you really get paid on that next one. And then if you happen to be in a position where in previous years, players didn't withstand decades of this type of physicality at that position. Now you may actually get them to be able to have an extended back yeah. end of their career. So it's a good time to be a DB and it's fitting for Texas being DBU and it makes sense when Texas is able to recruit a whole nother class of kids to come in and be able to be that next wave. And like when you were explaining the physicality of Quandre, it was just making total sense as to why you see more Foster at the nickel type situation because yeah. he's that type. It seems like he has that just natural physicality to him and embraces it and plays with it so it would only make sense that your Nickelback be a guy yes. that also has that ingrained in him. And Angleton DVs man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Boy, that's so, East Texas and you're from yeah, Texas. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting Rod you know when you look back we, we talked last week about we'll look back at the 2017 defense and look at the amount of NFL guys that it produced but you look at this offseason and you look back at that 2012 <laughs> Texas defense and look at the contracts well. those guys are signed Adrian Phillips we talked about his deal can have a car on his deal, Quandre and his deal. Oh. Malcolm Brown gets a deal with the Saints for I think mm-hmm. fifteen million. Alex Okafor twenty four over three years. Yeah. I think eighteen or sixteen guaranteed from the Chiefs. Jordan Hicks getting twenty million guaranteed Loaded. from the Cardinals. Which Jordan Hicks is like it's freaky to think about all the injuries he had yeah. at Texas and all the injuries he's in had the in the NFL. NFL, and he still hits his free agent year and gets twenty million guaranteed. He's one of those guys though. He's, he's a you know, real he's tool. The, he's a, the Sean Lee type player where you know what I mean when he does play You're banking he, on, yeah, he is yeah. one of the best players Absolutely. like on your team and he's like the best, best cover linebacker yeah. arguably in the league when healthy at least was when exactly. he came in so like that's a unique tool that it is. no matter he what you aren't a normal healthy, linebacker right. and we aren't shouldn't be using you as one because it's only going to yeah. it may cause you to get off the field and not be able to do your skills so him being a niche though that's something that can age well if his no, body no, no, doesn't I, betray him no, I'm, I'm, I'm all for it I, yeah. 
guy totally got that. He's just, he reminds me of Sean Lee. Like, he, if, if he's healthy, man, he's legit. He's, he's, just, he's anybody, like a little Anybody can look yeah. back at that 2012 defense now and be like, man, how are they that bad with that many, like, legit NFL well, guys? I, I, yeah, Square peg you know what I always No, theory, I know. I mean, we've yeah. talked about my, that. Well, no, my right. theory, like, I'm t- and I think this is what Todd, uh, Todd Orlando's got to deal with. It's the central nervous system. It's where you lose the players and and how drastically um, to you have to impact that loss. Like, how, you know, I mean, think about 2012. What were you losing from that 2012 defense right up the gut from 2011? Keaton Randall, Manny Acho, Keenan Robinson, Blake Gideon. One DB started more games than any other DB in the history of DBU. Manny Acho, football IQ, low, you know, through the roof. <laughs> right? We'll say that here, right? <laughs> yeah. He's one of them guys. All right. Keenan Robinson, NFL vet, decided, did he just retire? Yeah. He, he decided to retire, by the way, but c- could have still made a roster. I think, uh, I I think that was in camp last year when he retired. Yeah, he yeah. decided, like, ah, I'm done. I'm I want to say he was with, Matt, you can correct me if I'm wrong, look this up. I'll I think Google. it was Buffalo. Yeah, uh, something like that. Right. He was Washington's the longest. I can't remember, but he was with the, Giants, was with the yeah. Giants for a while. Yeah, I mean, he decided to retire. Uh, and then there was Keaton Randall, who was a really good, you know, kind of rocker Gibraltar figure on that defensive line for him. And they lost all that in one season. They still had a ton of talent around that group. A, as you just mentioned, a ton of it. But we mm-hmm. forget, too, that, that, and Rod, you were, I'll go back to this, you were on the sideline when you were doing sideline reporting. You were in Oxford at the Ole Miss game hmm. when Jordan Hicks got hurt and went out, and we saw the difference in that defense with Jordan Hicks and without Jordan. So no it doubt. was like, yeah, you couldn't quantify what he meant to that. Defense. And and that's what he meant to that 2014 defense or 13. Well, no, no, 15 defense. Sorry, right? The 14 defense going to 15. Yeah, yeah. Right. Sorry, get my years mixed up. The 14 yeah. going into 15 year where he and Steve Edmond were the two starting inside linebackers. Right. Malcolm Brown just talked about big money. All right, he was the D tackle, first round pick, and then in the back end, Quandre uh, Diggs. Quandre Diggs. You Mikkel had Thompson was gone. Mikkel Thompson defense. ended up leaving. I mean, so you lost a lot with that group kind of right up the gut. And I think you still had talent around that group, man. There was still talent around those guys. I just think losing all that at one time is tough. And that's what Tart Orlando's got to deal with. Yes, he lost Malik last year, but now Gary Johnson and Malik are gone. Now, yeah, you did have lose Pona, but at least you had Chris Nelson there who had some experience too. But now he's gone. The saving grace will be you don't lose your back end, like, you know, uh, that central nervous system piece. You still have Brandon Jones and Kate. He's Stone. probably had the best safety tandem in the country. Uh, I mean, I, yeah, yeah. I, I say that you know mm. uh, as objective. I know they're the best in the Big Twelve. Best in the country. Alabama's always got one or two. As, uh, Alabama, as comparable <laughs> as com- you, you like, just the say. only reason I don't say yeah. it because I agree with you. The only reason I don't say it as you know because uh, I haven't done the research, but Alabama always has one. They will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I don't say. It. But I'm with you, man. You're right. I'm yeah. with you. I'm right there. They definitely, definitely were the, the best. It was with Grant Delpit back at LSU. LSU. But if you, wanna, have, if you uh, want to consider trio, if you say if you say trio or core, then I say Texas may have the best one in the country. Mm-hmm. See, you, then you then you include B.J. Foster, then you include DeMarvio and Overshone. They, like who's got right? That, and that, who, that's how we should Jones view modern year. football now who's too. Got, who's got well, let's four just look of at them like that. Let's just look at it from this standpoint, right? right? Yeah. When, when we'll start the spring football talk, which Texas is off this week. They got in three mm-hmm. practices before the break. Uh, they'll hit it running when they come back next week. Rod, when I look at this defense. I really think they're they're already preparing for that LSU because when you look at how their personnel is going to stack up, BJ Foster can be your nickelback against a team like LSU. What they run offense, he's ideal against a team like LSU. Right. So, and then I think you're just continuing. We again, we talked about it a lot. I think defensive line wise, I think your plan against LSU is going to be pretty much the same as it was against Georgia, where you're just going to try to come at them in waves. Which you don't hear the concern as much about, you know, Gerald Wilbon or Taquan Graham uh, or Malcolm. Because those guys have played a lot of football. They've been around here a while. It's, can you get Daniel Carson ready? Keandre Coburn dealing with the kidney issues, getting him cleared and back on the field. Getting a guy like Jacoby Jones ready. Bimage coming off the shoulder surgery. Just getting as many quality bodies as you can find. And honestly, I I don't think they're that freaked out in terms of that LSU game about their ends. And now I know, look, you you got to deal with the big picture, right? But let's be real. I think the staff is already looking at that LSU game. Just like they've done with USC the last two offseasons and what have you. But I think you're not freaking out because guys like Jeff McCulloch and Delia Dayway, they're perfect for a team like LSU. Yeah, because LSU, yeah, they'll spread you out. They're only spreading you out because they want to run it. You right. Know what I mean, they're not spreading you out because they actually want to throw the football or have a prolific passing game. They just want to get physical and they want to dominate at the line of scrimmage. Yeah, so I, I actually I agree with you. It's kind of what, what Georgia was. Not that far from where Georgia, at least conceptually, where right. Georgia wanted to go with Texas. And Texas was able to obviously win the, the battle up front, win mm-hmm. the trenches. So yeah. I'm with you. I think 
LSU conceptually, I don't think it's a a hard team for Texas to game plan for. But as LSU, they just have the best athletes in the country. They can go, you know, blow for blow, even with the Bamas and the Georgias of the world. So once again, that's the test. Do you have, as you pointed out, do you have the depth at D-line? Do you have the manpower straight up to just go toe-to-toe with LSU for four quarters and beat them and impose your will? What's going to be your best mix in the secondary? You know, can can you, you, do you have, you know, linebackers that can thump and run, which, I mean. You don't know, right now your linebackers. Backers, that's the to me that's the one of your your concerns. The defensive line showed us in the Georgia game that there's a there's a lot of depth right. in that defensive line. Yes, you you lose a lot, but man, I, I'm with you. I, I like that they got Roach coming back. Taquan Graham is going to be one of the crucial pieces on on that defensive line. Um, you know, I, I think they got some pieces to some building blocks on that on that defensive line. Linebacking core, you're really starting from scratch. And then you throw DeGabriel Floyd's neck ish on there right now, which he's dealing with the stingers. They found out he had right? stinger issues in high school. He's had an MRI. He wasn't clear of contact before the break, and he's going to be a really big part of this. If I unplug my freaking power, I'm just going to throw this thing across the room. Um, gosh. But, yeah, anyway. you know what I mean? Like, Because think about this. We found out now, and Todd Orlando knew before everybody, and we observed it, but we didn't have – there weren't quantifiable proof of it, but now we do after the combine that Gary Johnson and Malik Jefferson truly, 4-5-3 and 4-4-3, were freaks. Like You were like basically what the Cowboys have in, L- in, in Leighton Vander Esch and Jalen Smith right. at your linebacking combo, which made you truly unique. Now you're going to lose the most unique element of that defense. And how do you compensate for that loss, that dramatic loss of speed? You know what I mean? Right, like I said, at the core of your defense in the central nervous system of it. So I think either more speed on the back end where you have a ton of athletes that you've recruited, guys like B.J. Foster and DeMarvio and Overshone um, playing more, and on the on the defensive line where you do have some depth. And as you pointed out, he wanted guys that can play multiple shades, meaning better athletes all around on the defensive line. Mm-hmm. And all the, the guys that he likes, they're, they're kind of fit in the same mode. It's a Grams and the Malcolm Roaches of the world. Moral Ojimo. I think Ojimo is a guy he wants to be that. He wants he wants basically three three guys at least that can play multiple shades. And right now I think maybe that's the three. I don't know. You know what I mean? I think because you got Roach. Probably, yeah. You got I, Roach and you got Graham. I'm trying to think of who's the other guy. Because I think Marcus Bimage at this one, Marcus Bimage is probably more of like a situational pass rush guy. I think. Yeah. And that's not to and, diminish and him. But, your but that's when you really want him on the field. If you yeah. can get him on the field on third down, like Bimage is perfect if you can you know put him in, in like an a NASCAR type pack. I yeah, think no, no, that's I really that. when he can be. Really, but I think really he wants guys literally that he can put at D tackle and D in. He wants Grams and Roaches. And I think like, Daniel, you know I, what I mean. Mm-hmm. And, and I think Ojimo kind of fits that. Coburn's a D tackle. So is what Wilbon. Wilbon's a D tackle. Yeah, and Daniel Carson Rod might be the most interesting guy on that defense true, because he's, he's tall. It's yeah, you know, six, six three, five, six four, and three hundred three hundred five. Like he looks physically like a nose, but you're like he, he intrigues me because his background as a shot put discus guy in high school, just yeah. raw athlete that they took and they said look let's just take him and see where his body goes you know now you've got that guy with kind of and keep in mind you know during the uh during the sugar bowl like he was playing you know nose tackle on on the scout mimicking george's defensive line so i mean you you know he's got that kind of bulk that you would think of in a nose tackle but again i think that versatility man he can i think he's a guy that play multiple shades and maybe maybe he's a retro freshman maybe they don't want him doing a lot of that like playing multiple shades like look just get really good at learning nose and then we'll kind of branch you out from there mm-hmm. but I think by the end of the year man we could look at that D-line group going into 2020 and saying wow all you lose you know you lose what Roach and Chisholm uh, yeah you everybody else is back that'd be Looks big like it. Yeah. Texas hasn't had that at D-line position in a yeah. long time no you're right and then, I mean you could be you know you could be looking at going into 2020 being again eight nine guys and you want to have those hybrid type guys like you're saying when you said just those frames like six three three oh five that's exactly what Lamar Houston is and that was the type of prototype we mm-hmm. talked about a decade ago as the guy that is athletic enough to yeah. chase down anybody if you know you're going to have a quarterback there unless you got like the fastest quarterback around you got guys almost as athletic as well, those Sam Macho was like that, yeah. right? Sam Macho was playing D tackle, yeah, was crazy. And D in. I think yeah. in the league he played outside linebacker. linebacker yeah. <laughs> like, no, they, that's they, the guy you want. That's Malcolm exactly. Roach. You really just want those. I just want like those guys for my. You didn't know, they, like, didn't they experiment with Okafor defensive tackle? Uh-huh. All right, time for our first break on the show. But when we come back, we're talking more Tech Spring football. So do not go. You're listening. The Longhorn Blitz with Horns twenty four seven dot com and caller number nine for one million dollars, Rita. Complete this quote. Life is like a box of... Oh, I know this one. Chocolates. Uh, you're cutting out, Rita. We need your answer. Uh, oh my goodness. Life is like... 
like a box of Oh, sorry. That's not what we were looking for. On to caller number 10. Gosh. Bad network got you glitched out of luck? Switch to Boost Mobile's super reliable, super fast nationwide network and get four lines, each with unlimited gigs, for just $100 a month. Plus, get four free phones. Boost makes it easy to switch. Switching makes it easy to save. Offer ends 4 First line is $100 a month. Lines 2 to 4 free. Requires one line to port in. Video stream set up to 480p+. User get up to 500 gigabits per second. Gaming get up to 2 megabits per second. Data deprioritization during congestion. Free phones require port in. Coverage and offers not available everywhere. Restricting supply. See dealer for details. And now, a quick comparison from Grasshopper. When a client calls, what do you want them to hear? Your personal voicemail? Hey, you've reached Greg's cell phone? Uh, I'm away right now, <laughs> obviously. Uh, leave a message and maybe I'll get back to you. Or something a little more buttoned up, courtesy of Grasshopper. Thanks for calling Green Landscaping. To make an appointment, dial 1. For billing, dial 2. To speak with Greg Smith, dial There's three. no contest. Put your best voice forward with Grasshopper, the virtual phone system for small business. Try it free at grasshopper.com. Message and data rates may apply. Please do not text and drive. See purple.com for terms and conditions. And now for an important announcement. Do you or does someone you know sweat the bed? Do you ever wake up feeling like you've been sleeping on a slip and slide? Sweating the bed is a serious but common problem that affects your sleep, health, and happiness. Plus, it's just plain gross. But it's not you. It's your mattress. Fortunately, there is a cure. It's called Purple. Purple is the only mattress with a scientifically engineered smart comfort grid. This patented technology is designed to let air flow freely so you sleep cool. Side effects of sleeping on Purple include sleeping better, feeling better, and, well, honestly, smelling better. Try the Purple mattress risk-free for 100 nights and never sweat the bed again. And right now, get $100 off the purchase of a mattress when you text SCIENCE to 84888. Yes, $100 off, but only when you text S-C-I-E-N-C-E to 84888. That's SCIENCE to 84888. Welcome back to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Once again, Jeff Howe. Rod, I, I had a thought, and you can tell me if I'm way off or if I'm on the right track, talking about the corner duos. And, and I want to talk corner real quick before we transition to offense. We've talked safe quite a bit in the early goings here spring practice. But I just had a thought that you know, when you look at Jalen Green and Anthony Cook, and look, Kobe Boyce, I think I've talked about his development, I think doesn't need to be taken light because the, if he's a starting caliber player and so is Jalen Green and so is Anthony Cook, that allows you to, against a team where maybe you can't have B.J. Foster in the nickel, maybe Anthony Cook slides over and he's your nook guy or whatever but with Cook and Green specifically I looked at that and said you know that's almost like having like a Rod Babers Quentin Jammer corner tandem which Cook I look Rod and say he's more like you in terms of the guy who was the technician understood football really well and you know had, the, had the football IQ and then you look at Jalen Green and like Quentin Jammer just like the freak athlete and like what you one of your first guys you want getting off the bus just an elite elite press cover corner elite man cover corner yeah. Jalen Green as we talked about, his deal is going to be can he handle you know, zone coverages and nuanced defense, which I, I and not to directly compare him to Quentin Jammer, but Jammer playing safety and just his background, Helped I think that wasn't really an issue for him. But mm. yeah, I just thought of I just thought of those two guys. I was like, man, that really those guys, you look at their skill sets and it really reminds me of when you had you know, Rod B and Quentin Jammer corner. And I hear that Kobe Boyce, and thank you actually, um, it reminds me of the, the good old days. But uh, <laughs> I heard Kobe Boyce is also having a really good camp and we talk about the versatility of these guys and being able to move them around in certain situations if you know uh, let's say you're going up against a team that has a really good slot wide receiver and say like, alright we need a we need basically somebody to cover we're not straight up put our best cover man and maybe, that, maybe that's Anthony Cook right. and you put your best cover man in the slot and he can play nickel then you may need somebody else to play corner and that's when having a guy like Kobe Boyce who's having a decent spring practice uh, he really you know I think confidence confidence with him is well yeah because it was decimated because he was undressed last year in that Oklahoma State game in the first quarter not all his fault because he right. you know, Chris Boyd and being suspended. Well, I, think even, I think even before that, I think, you know, the, go back to the Maryland game when Devontae Davis has the neck deal and Kobe Boyce plays pretty much the whole game against Maryland yeah. and plays well and you didn't really notice him on the field, which if you're a corner out on an island, that's good if nobody notices you. I thought he played well and then the Tulsa game, he didn't play well at all and, and it affected him and that was pretty much the last we saw yeah. Kobe Boyce. As Teams a, were targeting. Yeah. They were going after him. That was pretty much the last we saw yeah. of him until mm-hmm. you had to have him 
them in there. Yeah, in the that's why State you. Game. it'd be great if he actually didn't become a liability back there in the secondary um, and you could actually move some pieces around. So having a third cover corner would be really, really um, instrumental in terms of giving that 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 secondary more options. So, I, listen, I'm with you, though. I think Jalen Green and Anthony Cook, I'm not worried about those. I think they, they really are. I think they're young phenoms. I think both of the young prodigies. I'm not worried about the safeties either. Uh, I'm not worried about nickel because I think B.J. Foster in that role is going to be really, really good. Um, so the only situation, only position I should say that I'm worried about uh, right now is probably linebacker on that defense. I'm a little concerned about linebacker. Actually. The two inside spots. Yeah, yeah I am. And, and you because shouldn't. you know it's all, you, need, you need two. And they're not really inside linebackers or outside linebackers anymore. I mean, yeah, situationally you can say, hey, I need I need my B-backer out there and I want this. And that. But no, for the most part, you're going to be in uh, a, a three, you're going to be in three, two, six, or you're going to be in three, three, five. Seventy-five percent of the down. Could we? Mm-hmm. Could, this year. I don't. I don't know if Orlando's done it. I, you know I, I, mean? I haven't studied him that far back, like in depth with Utah State stuff since Osai. If Osai is the presence we think he can be, the be backer there. Yeah. Could you do like some you know, four one six? Uh, good, yeah. With just a four man front. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Osai Osai makes you a four man front. With his yeah, presence. yeah. Because yeah, he, he he can he play down or up, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, he's one of those guys where I think that going back to the versatility to keep you multiple from down to down and even within the down you love side to be out there because he can turn you into a four-man front or back to a three-man front and they haven't had that they haven't had that b-backer like they thought nation hughes could be that guy he wasn't we saw jason hall essentially take over for him when the lightning pack became a base pack a few years ago and then last year they were pretty much either no they were three down the whole time whether they were running dime or nick yeah they were three down but i think they'll still be three down i think you may see a four-man front three down with osai on the edge but it all depends on how he wants to play but he doesn't know what he has out of these linebacks yet right. well he, he now he's getting some type of you know a picture of it or a glimpse of it but that's the key you really won't know until in big 12 action you figure out which one's going to be a liability in pass coverage there you go and which that's one, the main yeah. or who's getting who or, can't stop the run or, or who what's going on or who can hold up against it just run. comes yeah. up to the skill sets of the players and if yeah. this guy's athletic enough that he can do the job and yeah. be average then they're going to be able to do it and that's going to make you a matchup nightmare and it's actually going to be good for the defense but then if it's actually exploited from time to time that's sort of why I love what I've seen from Orlando's ability to be malleable inside a game and adjust like in the second half you've seen a lot better of defenses you would seen him adjusting after first quarters really well when you look back through the last two years or even in his previous stops so he it seems as if he understands that he's seeing what he's seeing during a game and isn't afraid to make that adjustment now it also means he's probably not afraid to try new things and that's why right now we're just sort of hypothesizing about how the pieces could fit together but that's the luxury of him landing at Texas finally that he gets to handpick the type of players that he wants and he has the more elite athletes than he's really ever had before so if he's going to do something outside the norm it's going to be with these type of players. Rod tell me if I'm wrong on this but I think Jeff McCulloch is a guy that we've seen him make plays I think the main issue with Jeff McCulloch is we don't really know what his baseline is. Yeah I mean that's interesting because I mean I like Jeffrey McCulloch I just uh, I don't know if he's one I don't know if he's a guy that has a has enough of a versatile skill set to play linebacker for Tyler Lynn. You know what I mean? Like he seems I like a traditional linebacker. Yeah, like I think he, yeah, to me, he's it. You know, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not knocking him by his right. organization, right. but I do think he wants a guy that he can drive back and pass coverage that also can blitz, that also can hold up against the run. Um, he has a lot of his linebackers, especially that ro- that rover position. Man, he has a, he yeah. does. He has a lot of those guys. And, and McCulloch seems to be more of a niche, just traditional linebacker than the guy that's a great cover linebacker. Yeah, he could prove me wrong, but we see in the Big 12 guys who are more traditional linebackers, even Wheeler, who's a really good player for Tarlando, they can be exploited. Yeah. You know what I mean? They'll find out, oh, he doesn't hold up well. And even guys like Malik were exploited at times because they figured out, oh, he doesn't get all blocks well. All right, let's get a blocker in front of him. Let's just mm-hmm. do that. All right, we get a blocker in front of him. Most of the time, he just ran around him because right. <laughs> he had elite Fasting. speed. But they, in the, the Big 12, because you had the great offensive minds, not not as many as they used to have from, from the air raid era, they're really good at figuring out how to exploit a vulnerability um, in a matchup with, especially with linebackers, because they don't listen. Texas on the back end, it's not, it's not going to be a lot for you to go after uh, in that secondary. I mean, you maybe go after those young corners, but you ain't going after Caden Stearns and Brandon Jones if you're smart. You know what I mean? Right. And mm-hmm. I think those young corners will prove themselves early on really well. I think what Tyler Lando's going to focus on this way, Joe, Joseph Asai may end up getting the the nod over other linebackers. Pressure, I mean, pressure is what he's going to focus. Yeah. He knows those young guys can hold up. But he doesn't want to leave them out on an island for too long, but he knows if I can just get pressure.
pressure uh, on you know these quarterbacks in the Big Twelve. Four seconds. Yeah, exactly. If I, they, tell my DBs they have to do this. They, they either get rid of the ball really quickly and, and they'll check it down, or they're gonna throw picks. And we got ball hawks back there now. You know what I mean? Like Case yeah. Earns is ball hawk back there. Uh, Brandon Jones can make plays on the ball. I think you know Anthony Cook is a guy. You know he's kind of like me. I think he's got better hands than me. But if he's a technician, he'll be around the ball a lot because they're gonna test those young corners yeah. a lot. And now is Jalen Green a guy that has good ball skills? I don't uh, know. I think his ball skills are solid. Yeah, there'll be opportunities for those young corners. But BJ Foster's a guy we've seen that has really good ball skills. He has good ball skills. So I think if you're Tarlando, you want them to have opportunities to to make plays on the ball to to force turnovers. They're gonna come after those young corners. Yeah. But I I think I think the, hey, everybody knows that. I think the yeah. young corners know that. Everybody knows that they're gonna get help over the top. Hmm. You know your safety's got your back. Your safety's got great range. So it sounded like when I was playing, like really, you know, you got veteran, you got a you know a veteran safeties that'll kind of guide you. And I played with older say Ahmad Brooks was a safety there, and even Quentin Jammer when I came, and even Greg Brown was an older safety. So they would really just guide me like, hey, I got I got your inside, I got your skinny pulse, I got your I got the slant, I got you know what I mean. You just worry about this, I got that, you know what I mean. And if they trust them, and you should trust a Brandon Jones mm-hmm. and Caden Stearns, well, that's big is that building that trust because yeah, trust isn't something sh- that you just get. Yeah. And you build that because you had relationships with those guys and they understood well, it. So over time, like that's what this has been so good that these kids come in together so they get well, to I'm build together. They, they have that. And no, yeah, yeah. The communication is going to be the key. So I, I do. I think the secondary is going to be really good. Pressure yeah. is going to be what they build the defense around them. That's a, that's a good thought, and we can we can pick that up as we go on. I do want to talk about offense before we uh, oh, yeah. get ready to shut it down today. And you know, well, first off, the the injuries. You know, Anthony Cook's dealing with a hamstring issue. Tom Herman said it's a minor thing. It's not expected to be major. Yeah. Um, they're planning on having him back when I know all coaches that you know split their practice say we're going to have him back after spring break. Plan on having Anthony Cook back after spring break. Keandre Coburn was cleared for non-contact stuff, which is a really good sign dealing with kidney issues. Yeah. Uh, the only one that's really concerning right now is the Gabriel Floyd with that neck issue. They ran an MRI and, mm. and they're going over it with him, kind of seeing what he he has not been cleared for contact yet. At least wasn't before the team left uh, for spring break. You know, other than that, I mean Caleb, Caleb Johnson getting him back healthy, him coming off of the shoulder issue he had in junior college. Um, but really, right on offense, and Tom Herman kind of alluded to this. You know, he said you don't really you don't really ever want to say that you know what you got from a guy, but kind of said they pretty much know what they've got from from a guy like Colin Johnson and even a guy like Devin Duvernay. So I'm just I think the more reps you can get for those young wide receivers Mm -hmm. to work with Sam Ellinger, the better you're going to be. And man, that first group, that number one group they're rolling out there right now is really interesting because it's Malcolm Epps at the X, Brennan Eagles at the Z, which you wouldn't think you look some of the Eagles. Well, he's, you know, 6'2", 6'3", 200 pounds. Why is he at the Z? What I've heard is it's the straight line speed. It's that vertical speed. They want to see how that plays at Z. And then a guy like Josh Moore in the slot, you know, that's three guys from the 2018 recruiting class. It's just a really interesting looking group when you watch it out there, even just watching them run routes on air, which is pretty much, you know, the bulk of what we get to see when we have open periods of practice. Um, Just kind of the, just the physical presence, you know, Malcolm Epps is, and then Josh Moore just watching him and his quickness and watching him come back off the collarbone injury. It's just, it's an, I'm intrigued by that number one group right now, really that receiver group right now with no Colin Johnson, no Devin Duvernay, no John Burke. Because the dynamic with all three of those guys is so different. Like Brew McCoy's more of the little Jordan Humphrey type, the bigger, thicker body type can work through the trash. Josh Moore is kind of the quicker guy. I think creating Mm -hmm. separation, the ability to go vertical with him. And then Jake Smith is exactly what they want in a slot. So you've got three guys with three distinct skill sets. Yeah. Uh, And I think all three of them basically manipulate who you're facing on a week to week basis. I mean, you can you can re, you can't replace the presence little Jordan Humphrey had, or the skills he had, but you could definitely like moneyball and create recreate his production with yeah. those three guys. Well, well, I think right now it's just because all those guys are young, but ultimately, man, at least two of those guys probably have a higher ceiling than little Jordan Humphrey. I would think so. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah I definitely mean, Brew McCoy definitely does, and Jake Smith may too, depending on how they utilize him. And I don't think we should sell Josh Moore short either. Yeah. Just talking to people behind the scenes, they really like kind of what he brings. To- Is he the fastest out of those? Oh. Oh gosh, those guys, um, those three guys, but uh, Brew McCoy and Jake Smith. Uh, he's line, faster like, than Brew McCoy. I mean, I don't, I don't know because Jake Smith doesn't. He he wasn't a track guy in high yeah. school. He isn't a track guy. He's a he's a baseball lacrosse guy, <laughs> which makes sense why he handles the ball so well and hand eye coordination and all that stuff. Yeah. You know, I think kind of probably helps you. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, Jake, do you watch Jake Smith's tape and people that have seen him up close attest to the, the straight line speed? But I don't know. I I would probably still take Josh Moore. Okay, 
as the fast guy of those three. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. No, that's, that's like you said. So I think it would be close between them. And Everybody's James, so. got a different uh, uh, kind of a different asset they bring to the position. Right. So Rod, I want I definitely wanted to hit on receiver and I wanted to hit on offensive line a little bit too, and mainly just the just the physical look of this group because you see the weights and you see okay clearly Denzel Okafor. I don't know if he's the three twenty he's listed at, but you could definitely see his body looks right like he's three hundred plus and what you would expect a college lineman to be like. This looks like this is the best looking group of offensive linemen I've seen Texas have in a really long time. And none of these guys are fat. Like they don't look fat. Yeah. Like they've they're, all gained just, weight, but they don't look fat. Yeah. They're just uh they're it's not like me up. putting on a pair of pads. Like they look like it's a Tope Amade carries that three forty very well, as well as you can carry. And what are we looking at? What is Denzel looking for playing right now? Tackle right Tackle. now, but that's the beauty of her band is you you know by the end of the spring he's gonna be playing both. Right. Yeah. And I think you know Zach Shackelford or same thing. Zach Shackelford was in the media session the last week and said that he's like, You guys know how Coach Hand works and everybody's gonna play yeah. pretty much everywhere by I the mean, end of the spring. I love that. I mean, I just love that that is his, you know, kind of his main philosophy. He's like, no, 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 everybody learns how to play. Some of you guys will excel at it. Some of you guys will suck at it. But yeah. either way, it'll make you a better player in the end, and you'll understand more of the overall kind of continuity scheme and why we're why you're doing what you're doing and why it's so important and why it affects the guy next to you so much. Yeah, it's yeah. so big. It's like showing your work in math it instead really of just it's, having the number there. This is great. The I love I love that idea. It, and it's so big because you're always going to have an idea of what your teammate or where your teammate but, needs to be. And if it, it seems simple, but that's something that can get lost if you get stuck inside your assignment. I'm in and not seeing that overall picture can end up being an issue down the road. I, you know, I just love the way Herb Hand runs a practice because individual, and this is one of those position groups where I'm glad we get to see individual with the offensive linemen mm. when they let us into practice. I love when you talk offensive line. And, and there's some group, there's <laughs> Rod, an offensive lineman at heart. Rod, you know, you know, there's there's some position groups where you watch individual and it's either like a glorified grab ass session or it's just there's just not much. It ain't no yeah, from. you really don't get why receivers are like. Like that. Like tight end to me is one of those. Like I gain, I gain nothing other than seeing how guys look physically. Going through the motions. I gain nothing. I gain nothing by watching tight ends. Yeah, if they drop the ball, then you're like, oh, his hands suck. I'll tell you, under under Tom under Tom Herman, I don't think an individual I've I've seen a tight end catch pass through. (laughs) This is the third spring through two camps. I don't think an individual I've ever seen a tight end. They only get rewarded in games. All they do is work blocking. That's it. All they do is work blocking. Change man. That's gonna change. But I like, like I watch, I love watching like the D line do individual. I love going watching Todd Orlando put linebackers through individual because they're mm. always working like footwork, footwork and drops yep, and getting downhill and a, coming to balance. Yeah. Um, even the safeties, they put balls. Uh, Jason Washington, Craig Niver, they put ball skills. Yeah, in everything I they love do. some of the stuff they have the the DBs doing, man. Like the change direction stuff, and, and like it's all like breaks. they use shoots all the time. Like I've yeah. never seen Texas DBs Staying low use pad shoots. level. Yeah. yeah, never seen Texas DBs. Yeah, use no, I love it. Um, and what I said about tight ends, that's no res- disrespect to Derek Warheim in that group. They're working no, hard. You guys are working hard. You guys don't. Yeah, I mean, they just block it. Just, it's all about physicality, though. That's what but he wants. Getting yeah, back physical. to Herb Hand, like they were working pin and pull stuff, right? Where you know one side's mm-hmm. down and the other side pulls around. But he's like, all right, let's see what it looks like with the center pulling. All right, now I want the left guard to pull. Now the left tackle, you pull. Now I want the right tackle, you pull. And either kick out or lead up in the hole. Now the left, the right guard does it. So basically, everybody's working like. And they might Rod, they might not ever run a pin and pull or a counter with the where the backside tackle pulls ever. Yeah, but at least yeah. he's getting an idea of, okay, based on this guy's footwork, can he handle it? And with a guy like Denzel Okafor, you know, hey, what does the footwork look like? And when I put him from right tackle to left guard, you know, yeah. can, do, does he have the up. feet to make that transition? Yeah, exactly right. I mean, I think that's what Coach Akina would just do with guys when he would identify. I think this guy can play safety. Yeah. You know, you're just looking at, you know, the, the hip flexibility. Tools. You're looking at, yeah, like how does he look at the game? Does he have great eyes? Like, you know, does he read his keys really quickly and really well? Is there a natural flow and transition out of the break like just little stuff like that you got okay look i can transition so but every coach can't do that i mean right. i i don't think i could do that as easily i mean her has a gift for that that is something when that you, he has when you watch certain coaches take guys through individual you can tell what those coach value mm-hmm. like every time i watch d-line do individual no matter whether it's been spring ball camp bowl practice oscar jobs really values ball game. Mm-hmm. they always BGO, work BGO, ball game. baby yeah um herb hand we saw the tail end of them doing it but 
but his principles with his double team schemes, they do a lot of stuff on that two man sled, that Crowther sled, where they're working half man leverage footwork yeah. every single day. You just value. And I think that's why this program, you're seeing them, Rob, becoming players that they're better at paying attention to detail. They're handling the small stuff because that mm-hmm. small stuff gets driven home every day. We, we start, began the show talking about muscle memory. After a while, man, that stuff just becomes second nature. Oh, if yeah. you do it so much and you're doing it the right way, and it's, uh, it's value. Details become routine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, especially, I mean, if you are, it depends on, like, if you have, let's say your entire defense is built around the Tampa 2, all right? So when I was in when I was in Tampa, literally, that's, I mean, our individual drills were built around the Tampa 2. Right. Yeah, getting getting the jam, forcing the receiver inside, eyes to the quarterback, the sinking of the hips and flipping of the hips, depending on what's the number two receiver Y'all were in doing. alignment. Like, literally the everything. So Herman. Every, yeah, so it's, but they ran, they ran Tampa 2, probably 70, you know, percent of the time. So they want everybody to get really, really good at it. So everything revolved around that. So, I mean, her opinion, I don't know exactly what, you know, the blocking scheme is for some sort of zone blocking schemes, some is man blocking schemes, but I bet a lot of it is based on that philosophy, the half man principle where we end up in a double team. I want it executed perfectly. We right. can't afford to allocate resources for a double team and have y'all screw it up. Right. Mm-hmm. All right. We're putting two men on one guy. If we can't execute that to take one guy out in a numbers game, we're devoting two guys to it, then we lose. Mm-hmm. And we're really bad at our jobs and we should be fired. All right. And if That's you, a simple yeah. principle that I, I agree with. And it's like the Tampa 2, the same principle was get your hands on the receivers and disrupt them. You got one damn job. I'm not asking you to cover them down the field. I'm not asking you to play man-to-man on them. I'm not asking you to cover the deep third or cut fourth. I'm asking you to get your hands on the wide receivers and disrupt them inside. Can you start and do that? All right? Because that's where we're going to start. Our whole defense is predicated on you doing that one thing. You do that, everything else goes right. And Herb Hand with the, the double team principle, it all goes back to anybody that's ever heard Herb Hand, he's speaking at a clinic or if you know he does have a media session, he gets to talk about kind of his principles, his leaves. It's all about he'll hear him use this term vertical placement of the down defender. Yeah. Basically, if we're if we can move that guy back three yards, we can gain at least three yards on first down every time or every time we run them. Yeah. You know, if that guy's at that down, if that defensive tackle's making TFLs or tackles at the line of scrimmage, then it doesn't matter what you call or how good your scheme is. If you can't block the guy in front of you closest to the ball, nothing well, matters. Well. Yeah. The whole the whole damn uh, blueprint collapses. Mm-hmm. The whole structure yeah. collapses. Yeah. And you it's stuff like mm-hmm. that, Rod, when you start thinking about football, like man, it sounds it sounds like so simple yet when people, you hear like some offensive guys talking do. about their schemes, it's yeah. like wow, sometimes that stuff gets real lost and like you forget. Just move that guy. If you move him three yards, we'll gain at least three yards. Yeah, Tom Herman had a great description of football. He said basically it is a, and he's talking about the offensive line stuff. He said you're trying to move somebody involuntarily against their will. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're trying to move them. I don't, like, and they don't want you to move them, but you have to do it. Right. And their whole right? goal is to <laughs> not be moved. Their whole goal is to not be moved. <laughs> and and it sounds simple, but you're right. It's getting back to the simple form of it. It's like no, no, no. If we can just do that one thing, there are other things in the play and the execution that may not be ideal and some guys may fail in their execution but exactly but in this one aspect of this play we have to succeed Mm -hmm. we have to succeed when we have the double team and yeah the wide receiver may miss a block and yeah the 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 tackle may have only gotten a little shade of that defensive end but this one aspect of the play we must be perfect on and the entire defense blocks off of it and then it'll make up for other mistakes so no i feel on that you be don't be obsessive about everything because then the, the, the young men don't know what the hell you're obsessive about you know what i mean they don't know like what to emphasize and what to prioritize but when there is a point which you have to be obsessive about one thing as a coach that's what you stick all right break time on the show when we come back we're talking more texas spring football and we will wrap this thing up and put it in the oven as we close out another edition of longhorn blitz with horns 247.com Welcome back to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Here again is Jeff Howe. I think that's going to do it for this week's show, guys. We will, uh, you know, maybe they'll have a practice when we get back in and record next week. I don't know. We'll see. I kind of see what the practice schedule is. But uh, they're going to be blown and going when they get back from spring break. Yeah. We're not that far. We're, what, less than a month away from the spring game already? Yeah, I think you're like 25 days or some 24 days. April 13th. And Ludacris coming to town for a Luda. concert. <laughs> Luda, move. Yeah, you know what? I think it's uh, I, I think it's for the parents. Honestly, 
that ain't the kids don't get a damn. <laughs> I mean, I got, no I got excited about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and you're a parent. That's you know it. Yeah, I, mean? yeah. I think it's for like old people and parents and kids. They probably like, oh, I don't really care about that. Was that but, the guy that was at the All Star game? Yeah, like, exactly. I thought he was like at the yeah. All Star game. Hang on. Oh, he's in the Fast and Furious movies. I know that. That's probably yeah. how. That's honestly, if you're in if you're in college right now, that's probably how you know Ludacris. Uh, probably so. I didn't think about that. From the Fast and Furious movies, most notably, yeah, most recently, I should say, yeah, right about that. Yeah, I know it's cool. I think it's cool they're doing the the concerts now, man. And they, I like they're doing with old kind of washed up rappers. I'm cool with that. <laughs> old washed up rappers are cooler than like you know old washed up you know. Well, like I think Oklahoma has like a country star that nobody even knows. Uh, Lee Bryce. Lee is Bryce. The Oklahoma I think it's better than that. Game. Old washed up rapper is better than Lee Bryce. Better than Toby Whoever Keith, Bryce. who's always standing now, behind. There used to be Stoops had behind him Jr. from WWF and Toby Keith, and I was always like, "Thank, there's Oklahoma. You keep him." Toby Keith is an old washed up country singer. That was yeah. yeah he's probably yeah. He's always right he's behind Lincoln Riley. He's bigger he's, than Lee and Bryce. And about his worst. They should have got him. Why did they get him instead of Lee Bryce? Because he's there, like on the field watching the game. Like he's like, <laughs> he's, like he's their McConaughey. He's their minister of culture. <laughs> <laughs> Toby Keith is. Oh, I'd rather. I'd much rather have Matthew McConaughey yes. as our minister of culture than Toby Keith. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and so would oddly they. They would rather. The Sooners probably rather have Toby than McConaughey. Oh, so okay. to each his own. Yeah, right. uh, well, you got McConaughey and you got Ludacris coming in off of the spring game. So <laughs> well, I don't know if McConaughey will be in town. McConaughey should go on the stage with Luda. That would be awesome. Yes. If they did like a song again. Yeah, would be, I would like that. That would be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Not awesome, but interesting. Yes. Matt, thanks for everything, man. Oh, you're more than welcome. Rod B, appreciate the time and the knowledge. Anytime, brother. For Matt, for Rod, for Travis, the best damn videographer in a podcast game. For everybody at the Austin Radio Network and the Horn, 1049-1019 AM1260, streaming on the Horn app and at hornfm.com, where you can get Rod each and every weekday on the Rodcast from 1 to 3. Shameless plug. And thanks to Matt, you can get this show anywhere you get your podcast. Find us now on Megaphone with all the other podcasts in the 24-7 Sports Network. But you can always still get our archives on the Longhorn Blitz SoundCloud page. Yep, just type in Longhorn Blitz. For the Horn family, for the Horns 24-7 family, I'm Jeff Howe. Thank you so much for downloading and listening, and we will catch you again on the next episode. You've been listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Remember, for the latest Longhorn news 24-7, visit Horns247.com. You're catering a wedding, and the bride says, Everyone is raving about the hors d'oeuvres. My aunt was asking if you do corporate events. Now is the time when the right business card is essential, and Vistaprint can help. Head to Vistaprint.com, and you can customize 500 cards starting at just $9.99. You choose the paper, the shape, and the finish. Whatever your style, create a card that gives you the confidence to own the now. So head to Vistaprint.com and get 500 business cards starting at $9.99. Use promo code 7474 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 7474. And now, a quick comparison from Grasshopper. When you're always on the go, what would you prefer? An office phone system? Hey, it's Rochelle. Sorry I missed you earlier. Had an errand to run, but I'm back in the office, so give me a call when you get this. Or one that works on your cell phone. No hardware needed, courtesy of Grasshopper. Oh, one sec. It's a business call. Hi, this is Rochelle with WayForward Partners. How can I help? There's no contest. Put your best voice forward with Grasshopper, the virtual phone system for small business. Try it free at grasshopper.com. You're catering a wedding, and the bride says, Everyone is raving about the hors d'oeuvres. My aunt was asking if you do corporate events. Now is the time when the right business card is essential, and Vistaprint can help. Head to Vistaprint.com, and you can customize 500 cards starting at just $9.99. You choose the paper, the shape, and the finish. Whatever your style, create a card that gives you the confidence to own the now. So head to Vistaprint.com and get 500 business cards starting at $9.99. Use promo code 7474 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 7474. Message and data rates may apply. Please do not text and drive. See purple.com for terms and conditions. And now for an important announcement. Do you or does someone you know sweat the bed? Do you ever wake up feeling like you've been sleeping on a slip and slide? Sweating the bed is a serious but common problem that affects your sleep, health, and happiness. Plus, it's just plain gross. But it's not you. It's your mattress. Fortunately, there is a cure. It's called Purple. Purple is the only mattress with a scientifically engineered smart comfort grid. This patented technology is designed to let air flow freely so you sleep cool. Side effects of sleeping on Purple include sleeping better, feeling better, and, well, honestly, smelling better. Try the Purple mattress risk-free for 100 nights and never sweat the bed again. And right now, get $100 off the purchase of a mattress when you text SCIENCE to 84888. Yes, $100 off, but only when you text S-C-I-E-N-C-E to 84888.